I can get people to suspend belief for an hour during a show, right? But how do you get people to suspend their common sense and, and their natural beliefs for years until it becomes what they believe, until what's suspended becomes forgotten, <laughs> and then what's input becomes reality? Welcome to How We Win. All over the country, people are doing extraordinary things. We're giving you the tools that you need to make a difference right now. We don't agonize, we organize. Let's see, Mariah, if you can guess who today's guest is. Hmm. He's an expert in misinformation and knows how to manipulate people to believe and act on suggestions that he places in their heads. Yikes. He's not a Republican operative. But he is a world-renowned mentalist, magician, pickpocket, and mind reader. Wow. So basically, he acts like a Republican operative, (laughs) but strictly for entertainment purposes. Hmm. Could it be uh, mentalist and magician Ken Salaz? Yes, it is. Ken joins us to talk about misinformation and mind control and what we can do to recognize and counter the GOP's messaging. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven, and And this this is How How We Win. Win. Oh, man, I can't wait to see Ken (laughs) in action today. What am I thinking right now, Mariah? You're thinking about the infrastructure bill that just passed the Senate. <laughs> well, that's close. I, was, I wasn't I was jumping ahead to that thought. I was thinking about how great Ken in his interview is and how interesting it is that the techniques that he uses to mm-hmm. manipulate and read minds are the same things that the Republicans either wittingly or unwittingly use to control the minds of their cult member followers. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm super excited to talk to him. And I've always wondered, so Ken has actually studied all of this stuff and, you know, very intentionally uses it for entertainment purposes. I've always wondered about the the people who use it for nefarious purposes. Are they doing it? Do they know that they're doing it? Well, I I heard Ken at a uh, in a progressive forum talking about this subject, which uh-huh. is why I was excited to have him come talk to us on the podcast. And one thing he talked about that was really scary was this uh, notion that him and a lot of his hypnotist colleagues talk about about how there's so many people walking around who mm. are partially hypnotized and only need a few words to you know fully be hypnotized it's you know anyway he'll we'll ask him about that we'll talk more about that it's um it's frightening and fascinating and it'll be fun too it's it's a fun show today mass hypnosis would explain so much (laughs) of what has happened over the last five years i mean that's that's not a uh you know too crazy a way to put what it ha- has happened to a huge swath of these QAnon re- Republican extremists who you know are essentially mass hypnotized cult members it's really pretty accurate well maybe we'll we'll figure out the the phrase to unlock them from their bananas state yeah yeah no cuz uh, i've called them bananas and it doesn't seem to unlock them it's probably not bananas <laughs> there's got to be a different bananas. word <laughs> Uh, Abracadabra. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Uh, but before we talk to Ken, a couple of big things happening this week in the news. As, moments before we started recording, the Senate passed this bipartisan, massive infrastructure bill. Trillion uh, dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, if the House passes it, then it's going to do uh, some incredible things for, you know, infrastructure, what we traditionally think of as infrastructure and way beyond that. This is huge. It's huge. And uh, interesting, uh, you know, you you kind of 
mentioned with some reticence that it now goes to the House, and there's lots of talk about you know the rocky road that it faces in the House. I don't think it's really that rocky. This is me being a prognosticator about mm-hmm. the House of Representatives, which is probably a bad idea, but I'm going to go out <laughs> on a limb and say that it's not that rocky. Of course, the media loves to drum up the suspense, and it, it will face some hurdles, but this is a, a priority that Democrats absolutely have to pass. And, uh, you know, Pelosi, uh, Speaker Pelosi has says that she uh, wants to tie it also to the passage of the reconciliation bill, mm-hmm. which could mean that it's not going to come up for a vote in the House for a while until the Senate passes that. But uh, there may be some bumps in the road, but I really see this happening because it is so important that we do this for people. And Mitch McConnell voted for it. You know, I, I think he's trying to hold on to the filibuster. That's my only my only explanation mm-hmm, there. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, also, I, I liked your use of what, what did you call yourself? A prognosticator? Prognosticator. We, oh. should, we should work <laughs> some sort of magical illusion language into all of our, our hot topics this week. I wish I could say I did that on purpose, but... Um, <laughs> Oh, okay. Interesting. There's the breaking news. Breaking news as we speak, as we're talking. Another thing that we wanted to talk about was Governor Cuomo, um, mm. and uh, he has officially resigned. He says wow. that he's going to resign from office. I, I think this is the right move. I'm surprised. I literally a few minutes ago said that he wasn't going to, like, there's no way he was going to dig in his heels based purely on how terrible his response was last week when the AG's office came out with the report and and said, you know, 11 women have credibly accused him of sexual harassment. He really doubled down and um, re- released a tone deaf video. So I'm, I'm shocked this is happening, but it's it's absolutely the right move. It's absolutely the right move for him to step down. I was listening to his remarks um, a little bit earlier and it was uh, it was just cringy. He was just going through every complaint and and uh, and talking about how the how he didn't realize that the line of what was appropriate had moved, you know, oh and you know it's that it's, it's the way that he's been his entire life, and and it was just painful to watch. Um, you know, it was like basically I did. What I've always done, I had good intentions. I, I'm sorry that people took them the wrong way, but I'm going to step down anyway. So, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure, he's the he's the victim here. He's the victim of of times changing. No, it was always inappropriate. We just were bad at holding people accountable. That is the big takeaway for me that's really important to highlight is um, all of the activists and women mm-hmm. and survivors who have bravely stepped up in, uh, in these last few years to hold this kind of behavior accountable. And, um, and so this should be a win to you know, anyone who has worked on these issues and especially the survivors who have bravely come forward to fight back against this. Yeah, so he his resignation will be effective in 14 days. He'll be replaced by the lieutenant governor who will become the first female governor of of New York state. And you know, we always I, it, it, this is one of those times when I'm sure there's going to be conversation around how quick Democrats are to to resign in in the wake of things like this and how Republicans dig in and, and, and try try to ride these things out. But this is one of those situations where there's no there's no equivocating on this. There's there's no there's Absolutely. no way out there's no way out of this. You know, there's a lot of hypocrisy coming from the Republican Party and sometimes from our party, too. But, you know, we we try to actually stand uh, with our ethics and, uh, you know, no matter what the political cost is to us, because we try to do the right things where we can. That's how you should live your life, I believe. Uh, Well said. I I agree with that. Shifting into into COVID, but still the same. how 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 are you living your life versus what are you telling other people to do uh, <laughs> is is the name of the game when it comes to to COVID this week and, and all weeks it feels like these Republican governors who are I can't even begin to understand their thinking about um, 
you know, not just, you know, telling hospitals, school districts, businesses that they can't require masks or they can't ask for for vaccine cards. Um, And then seeing the explosion of cases, seeing how hospitals are being strained. You know, the governor of Texas appears to be doing everything he can to hamstring local officials handling of COVID and yet bringing outside healthcare workers in because we don't have enough people here to help all of the, the people suffering from COVID. And the first steps should be masking um, and, and encouraging vaccines. And, and they're just not doing such a great job of that. They're playing to a certain base that feels like being asked to wear a mask um, in, in certain places is somehow preventing them from being free. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's the simplest thing you can do. They're playing to that base that we talked about at the beginning of the show, the mm-hmm. uh, cult hypnotized followers of conspiracy theories and misinformation. And that's their power base. So they're going to cater to that no matter what, no matter how many people die. And um, speaking of people who are uh, not in favor of masks or any real information about uh, COVID, Georgia representative, we love to talk about her. No, we don't. We (laughs) really strongly dislike talking about her. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie? Marjorie? I don't even care if I pronounce her name right. You guys know who I'm talking about. Um, She was suspended from Twitter again for a week. Yeah, she's uh, uh, spreading falsehoods about the efficacy of the the vaccines, and 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 Twitter is saying she's got one more one more chance. Uh, and if she continues to spread COVID misinformation, they're going to fully ban her from the platform. MTG, do it. Say something on Twitter. Go full, go full crazy and get banned. I want her off that platform. But this is one of those cases where. Like her party really needs to to have a, a serious conversation with her and and help her figure out a way to rein it in. But in the absence of any accountability or responsibility from this person that they helped elect to office, Twitter is stepping in and and saying, yeah. perhaps someone who is so has such a, a big following shouldn't be able to to spread these these lies. Yeah, uh, you know, Mariah. The party is not going to say anything to her or try to uh, you know, curb her rhetoric because she is the party right now. Mm. Her and Getz, we talked about it with our first episode with Ted, uh, Ted Liu, and, mm-hmm. and he was saying the same thing. Unfortunately, they uh, control the party and, of course, uh, McCarthy, who is, uh, fully has their back and, mm-hmm. and, um, and he's responsible for his own you know, bit of misinformation and and absolutely all that. So so they're not they're not going to uh, slap her hand because um, she is the the power center of of the Republican Party right now, which is terrifying. It should terrify everybody. Yeah, I can't prognosticate and and predict <laughs> what it seems like. They like the party has has is has a couple of different directions, and like the folks like. Mitch McConnell a little bit, Kevin McCarthy, who is, I think, teetering on a, on a line there, is if they ignore the Marjorie Taylor Greens, maybe they'll eventually go away in a few cycles. But my guess is that the Marjorie Taylor Greens are going to stick around and may end up having to do their own thing, which yeah. is a, a scary thought, having like a a party full of Marjorie Taylor Greens, maybe maybe led by Trump at some point. So we talked about a really terrible representative from Georgia. <laughs> um, let's talk about a really amazing representative from Missouri, mm-hmm. who also happens to be our hero of the week. Yeah, I I loved your your choice for hero of the week. This is well deserved. Yes, of course, our Hero of the Week, the representative from Missouri, Corey Bush, has earned Hero of the Week status. And by the way, we should really try to get her on the show. That would be so great to talk to her. What an Mm -hmm. honor that would be. Um, But she spent uh, three days and three nights on the steps of the Capitol to extend the moratorium on evictions, which had expired with the CARES Act. Mm -hmm. And... um, 
It was such a simple and powerful way to protest. I loved that move so much because, first of all, you just don't see those kind of actions very often from elected officials, from actual representatives. You see but it from this our- is. This is what happens when you elect activists, grassroots exactly. activists. Yes, yes. Cori Bush uh, cut her teeth organizing in Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And um, and she uh, also spent more than a year uh, uh, experiencing homelessness herself with her family. So she knows firsthand what it feels like uh, to face and deal with evictions and, and what that would mean to so many people who have been affected by the coronavirus and, um, and need to be able to stay in their homes. Uh, so uh, she is knowledgeable, practiced, passionate. She um, led this charge and a bunch of people joined her to staying on the steps. <laughs> it was cold and uncomfortable for three days and three nights and of course did win a, um, a moratorium on the evictions. Uh, not that it's completely uh, forgiven, right. but um, it kicked it down the road some more. But a huge win from an, uh, a fierce advocate for the people. And, uh, and that's why she is our hero of the week. Love it. Well said. If that wasn't hopeful enough, we do have even more reasons for hope this week. (laughs) Okay, so everybody's got feelings about Barbie. I get it. But (laughs) (laughs) Barbie is making a a big turnaround. Mattel is um, celebrating women who've been instrumental in the COVID battle by putting out a line of... Um, Barbie doctors, nurses, and paramedic dolls. Um, Each doll is in the likeness of a specific researcher, doctor, or nurse who has helped in the fight against COVID. And uh, during the month of August, if you buy one of these dolls at Target, they will donate $5 to the First Responders Children's Foundation. So what gives me hope about it is recognizing the people behind the scenes and lifting them up as as the heroes mm. that they are is super special. And when you prioritize putting all of these women, a diverse group of, of incredibly smart and brave women, and, and you focus on putting them in the hands of little girls quite literally and saying, this is what you can do and who you can be, there is no bigger reason for, for hope for me, at least, than, than that. I love that. That is so exciting and really explains your Barbie notes on on our notes page, which I didn't know where you were going with that. So uh, thank you for sharing that story. And and that is hopeful. Yeah. Um, Tell me about your reason for hope this week, Steve. Well, mine's simple, and uh, and I uh, wanted to find some hope in this very dark area we are right now with the rise of cases and the Delta variant. And, um, and what I'm seeing statistically that's giving me hope is that more people are actually getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Like, like it is happening. A lot of people who were hesitant to get vaccinated or who said they weren't going to are now doing it. It's in part due to some vaccine mandates that companies and um, and the federal government and uh, and others are are putting into place. That's mm-hmm. actually showing that it's, it's working to get more people vaccinated. Um, and also, uh, you know, in the past few weeks, more Republicans have been coming out encouraging their constituents to get vaccinated. And that has helped uh, a little bit too. So it's a dark, scary time. We're filled with more uncertainty heading into the school year again mm-hmm. with our kids. And uh, and certainly for uh, parents like yourself and others whose kids are too young to get vaccinated, it's, it's wrought with that uncertainty and, and concern too. But we seem to be heading at least in the right direction with uh, vaccines. So that gives me a little bit of help. Um, you know, one of my f- favorite ideas that you introduced me to at, at the beginning of, the, of this podcast is this idea that when you feel hopeless and you feel anxious, there is something that you can do to take control. And uh, that is organize. And- oh, organize. Yeah. What were you going to say? <laughs> I, thought, Agonize? I thought you were going to say eat, eat cookies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Sheet listen, <laughs> the great thing about organizing and, and being an activist in this day and age is there are lots of opportunities to do it virtually. And 
you can have some cookies while you make <laughs> phone calls or write letters or you were saying something profound i went for a joke i'm sorry to cut you off <laughs> listen uh i've eaten so much since the beginning of this pandemic. <laughs> I, I like e- everything cooked eaten bought everything <laughs> so makes sense to me but when you're done eating take action that's right that brings us, as, as you were trying to do, that brings us to this week's to-do list. Virginia, Virginia, Virginia. That's right. Virginia Looming. election is coming up. This is a simple action. We need everyone to really do a little bit of work on Virginia every week until the election. So, you know, we're going to uh, continue talking about that. Simply go to swingleft.org because our Virginia resources are right up on that front page. Go to that front page and sign up to phone bank, sign up to write letters with vote forward. And, uh, and we even have some canvassing that's starting to happen, too, if you're in the Virginia area. Lots of ways to get involved. Um, we are, we know what the stakes are. We don't need to uh, have another situation where we lose the trifecta and have uh, mm-hmm. what's going on in states like the one that you're living in, in Texas or in Georgia or in other states where they're um, ripping away people's rights and making it harder for them to vote. We want to continue the good work that the trifecta in Virginia has done. So let's get to work, everybody. The other thing that you can do this week is spread a little hope, spread a little instruction, tell people about this podcast as part of our Pod Blast Summer. We're asking everybody to share this very podcast uh, with at least three friends. Couldn't get any easier. <laughs> That's right. Couldn't get any easier. That's the easiest thing you can do. And uh, it really helps us build this loud, awesome megaphone to get more people inspired and more people into action. So text those three friends the link and get them to subscribe to this podcast. And then uh, once you do, make sure that they get to hear this really fun, interesting, and mind-baffling interview with magician and mentalist Ken Salaz. Today's guest has been baffling minds and performing magic since the age of eight. Ken Salaz has traveled the world studying magical knowledge and performing mentalism, magic, mind reading, and pickpocketing for millions at in-person events, remember those, and on TV appearances like the Jimmy Fallon show. So what's that got to do with how we win? Prepare to be astonished. Ken, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you, Steve, for having me here. I appreciate it. I'm excited. I first saw you talking about uh, misinformation in a progressive form where you were helping us understand the relationship between what you do as a mentalist and what the Republicans do spreading misinformation and lies. Can you describe a bit about what you do and how you see right-wing politician and allies using those same techniques? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, for many decades, my, my job, my work has been to present a reality to an audience as a mentalist and a magician, to present a reality to be completely convincing that has nothing to do with the reality what's occurring. That's what I'm paid for, right? And meanwhile, I pick their pockets and steal their watches. <laughs> so that, that's the easy correlation to what the Republicans are doing right there. That, so. That's why I started with that. <laughs> uh, there, there you had it, right? And uh, so the, the fine art, in my, in my terms, uh, of, of that kind of entertainment uses certain principles. And what, I see, what I've seen in, increasingly over the years uh, with the Republican and, and you know, obviously in the last five years, six years, uh, with the, the ascendancy of Trump, uh, is all many of the techniques that we use or I use as a magician and mentalist being employed on, on a mass scale uh, that is highly effective. I'm shocked of how effective it is because you can, I can get people to suspend belief for an hour during a show. Right? right. But how do you get people to suspend their common sense and, and their natural beliefs for years until it becomes what they believe, until what's suspended becomes forgotten <laughs> and then what's input becomes reality? Uh, it's very fascinating. Now, the, the other point that I will bring up is that I also am a hypnotist. Right. 
And when I first started doing hypnotism about 20 years ago, I, I was a doubter. I didn't think it worked. I thought, no way. Come on. You got to be kidding me. These people are all acting. But when I actually first started in, uh, inducing people in, into a hypnotic state, I was shocked at the reality of it. And uh, I can talk a little bit about how those techniques are also being used because they are being used, uh, but in a mass scale. So Yeah, please do talk about that. I, I remember you touching on that briefly during your talk in the forum that I was in uh, and talking about you and some of your colleagues remarking on the people who are kind of partially hypnotized as a state, really, and that don't take yeah. much triggering. Um, and also, if you could hypnotize me right now so that I, I don't have to think or worry about the existential crisis facing our planet with climate change, that would that would be nice just for a few hours. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, that would be that would be terrible. Oh, no, for a few hours, like kind of like you don't want to no. smoke anymore. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's oh, called no. drinking. I'm sorry. That's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me. Uh, on the on regards to hypnotism, there's there's two things. Um, for hypnotic induction to take place, you need two. You're selecting people for two reasons. One, people that have a uh, strong imagination, and two, people that can concentrate. Hmm. Uh, and then the third element that the hypnotist uh, introduces is a relaxation. So when you see hypnotists selecting people in the audience, they're looking for people that. That you, you get that have a good imagination uh, and that uh, can concentrate. Then you bring them on stage and you put them through states of relaxation. And that's done through repetition of language. Uh, you know, okay, so you're listening to my voice and in a moment you're going to be very relaxed, take a deep breath. When you exhale, you'll feel more relaxed. There's a whole language that you have to learn in hypnotism uh, to induce somebody. So, by by increasing their valuation in the moment on stage or wherever it's happening, by increasing their valuation of their ability to imagine and to concentrate, you've, you're getting them closer to a, a state of hypnosis. Mm -hmm. So in the inductions, you'll see people are, you know, the, the hypnotist is saying, okay, you, you know, you're imagining, imagining an open space, imagining, and they're, they're they're confirming they're, you, I, you're really good at imagination. You have a real strong imagination. I can see you concentrate very well. That was good. You, you have a really good focus. You see, I'm putting in the language some, and, and strengthening two aspects I need you to be in, in within yourself. Right. Now, so that's on, the, that's on a hypnotist level, like stage or, or you know, parlor. I see the same thing happening on, on a mass scale, as I said earlier, and this is going to be no surprise to you, but it has to do with the language being used by the GOP and certain news outlets. Right. And the idea, yeah, you, 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 you get it. What people don't get is uh, everyone can see that, you know, they're using language and they're using repetition and emotional language to, to get people riled up. As a hypnotist, what you're seeing them is you're getting them to do two things to, to create an emotional imagination about the events that are occurring and two, to have them only concentrate on what I want them to concentrate on. You have to concentrate on, you know, the, the criminals and rapists coming across the border. Right. All right. So the message is to concentrate in, and to increase an emotional fear-based imagination. Uh, and, and that through repetition, I, I tell you, I, I'm shocked. And I have got family members that, you know, I've grown up with that, uh, that their positions uh, are, are based on those two points. Mm, right. You know, now, but they argument vehemently that it's, it's this, you know, that it's real and everything, but you can unhypnotize them just as easily if you took a minute. Okay. Fascinating. Well, you can't do that with millions of people. <laughs> <laughs> Contrary to, um, Wonder Woman 1984 and that, that experiment, but yeah, yes. and the, <laughs> the, the other thing I want to say is the goal is to get people, this will catch your attention to see what is in here, to miss what is there and to misremember what happened. Wow. Well, that's exactly what's happening right now. Yeah. Those are three things that as a hypnotist or, and as a mentalist, you can, as a mentalist too, we do it as mentalists to have people experience, to see what isn't here to miss what is there and to misremember what happened. 
And, you know, I did discuss the, uh, the experiment they did where they asked people that, okay, someone's passing a ball back and forth and you have to count how many times that ball is being passed back and forth. And people got the answer right. It was 43 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But what they many, maybe 80% didn't see was a gorilla, a man in a gorilla suit walking behind the people passing the ball. And when they were asked, did you see the man in the gorilla suit? People were like, no, what, what man in a gorilla suit? Because <laughs> they, they just, they were too focused. And that's why there's a book uh, called The Philosophical Baby by, by Alison Gopnik. Adults have the ability to focus. Two-year-olds, three-year-olds don't, not like we do. And th- they're harder to fool. I-, I swear to you, I have a three-year-old upstairs. <laughs> and I cannot make a quarter disappear because he's, he, his, his awareness is an all-around awareness. He's not focused on the hand that the quarter is supposed to be in. Wow. That's fascinating. Well, I mean, and that's just so on the nose. You, it, it's almost silly how uh, how perfect those analogies are for what's happening right now. And when we look at how people follow Trump and QAnon and buy into these wild and just so easily disprovable conspiracy theories, it's clear that there are millions of Americans who are, you know, hypnotized and are essentially cult members. And yeah. And I hate to say this, like it seems like many of them are lost causes, and I hate to say that about people, but s- some seem so far gone that it's it's really um, tough to reach. But you know, for your family members, for for the when you said it's it's easy, you can unhypnotize them. How do we get them out of this cult? Okay, so but I will bring up one more principle that helps explain why it's got such a strong hold, and that is is a mentalist. We get away with what we get away with, with apparent mind reading uh, Mm. because of people's innate desire to be understood. Hmm. You come to the show, you come to a mentalist show saying, "Ah, I don't, you know, I don't know if they can read my mind, but whoa, wouldn't it be great if you could, you know, what if we could read minds? Wouldn't that be wonderful? If he can do it, maybe I can do it. You know, all that. But it goes back to trying to, the desire to be understood. I'm bringing this point in. Because that's the message that Trump runs over and over, and that's what the GOP is running over and over uh, to the specific people that were that you're mentioning about that are hypnotized. Uh, they are understood. Their frustrations are understood. You know, America's changing. Well, yeah, well, America's always been changing. Name me, you know, name me a date in history where America isn't changing. And so people are afraid of change. People are afraid of the unknown. So what's being understood in them from the GOP is we're here to, to make America great again, as you want it to be, as you quasi remember it, imagine it to be, you know? Right. Okay. So, okay. So now how do you, there's a few things I, I, I suggest, which is, uh, and again, like in the, when you saw me with that forum, I might offend or shock, shock people with what I'm about to say, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> We'll get letters. No, we don't get letters. We'll get emails or something. (laughs) Get the emails. All right. First thing I want to say is you have to find a common ground. Duh, right? Everyone's going to tell you that. But how you find it's different. First thing I do is I agree with them. Okay. And it's hard to do. Now, let's let's break that down. Let's say we're talking, you know, a family member of mine's railing about the border wall. I say... Why do you, why is it so important to you? Oh, because of MS-13 and that, uh, you know, okay. I see, you know, I really agree with you that we need to do something about the crime at the border. I agree with you. I think that's a really valid point. It's an important point. All right. So that's that right there. I just found common ground and I'm in there. I'm on their side. We Validating their that. point of view. Absolutely. And actually, I struggle. I really work hard to find something I actually do agree with. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I, my family's from Tucson, Arizona. I spent years there. And boy, the neighborhood I grew up in is not a safe neighborhood anymore. It's not, it's not like it's all imagination and fear tactics. There's problems. There are problems. Okay. And I can agree with them. I can agree. I say, yes, I agree with you. Now here, then the second thing I would say, so agree, find a point in their Find in their position what really is, is, is concerning them and find a way if there's a way to agree with it, okay? Second point is ask questions, mm-hmm. meaning, well, why do you want a border wall? And they say, well, because of the rapists and murderers and the you know, gang members. Oh, okay, I agree with you. Uh, 
Do you think there's a solution to stopping that? Yes, it's a border wall. What other solutions do you think there can be? Yeah. What are the most effective solutions for stopping crime? You, you start putting questions on the table. And, and you, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, certainly asking questions is important. I think that so often when we start in dialogues with people that we don't agree with, and let me put my own caveat on this uh, by saying, when I mentioned there's some people who are lost causes, like um, I don't uh, give quarter to people who are peddling hate. That's something that I can't, you know, find a common ground with when they're, uh, you know, saying that others are the blame for their problems and, and being racist and bigots and stuff. That's, uh, absolutely. You know, I, 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 I know I, you, I know you, I know you, uh, agreed uh, this, the same way, absolutely. but oh, absolutely. Yeah. Lost. I'm sorry. Lost causes really are lost causes. I can't, I can't even, I can't even address them because they're, they're so out. You can't do it. You have to find the people somewhere in the middle. Right. You have to, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Oh, my God. Yeah, so for that, for absolutely a- asking questions and engaging and finding common ground is is really, really important. And and, uh, and that's, I think, too often we go in with facts, which as accurate as our facts may be, like you're using the border wall example, if we were just to go in and immediately saying, well, um, you know, first of all, uh, the uh, amount of people who are coming through the border um, are not rapists and murderers. They are asylum seekers who are looking for, who are escaping very dangerous situations, life-threatening situations for themselves and their families and looking for a better life and seeking asylum. And the border wall doesn't, you know, like whatever, blah, blah, blah. All the facts about it don't matter. Like we know that people are so tribal that um, they they refuse to engage with the actual facts. So that makes a lot of sense that instead of just leading with um, what may come off as uh, a lecture um, on on something that they have their own opinions about, just asking questions and, and letting them be heard. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Let them be heard and, and validate their truth validate what and i'm not saying agree with something you don't agree with i'm not saying that i'm saying hey you know i agree i i'm personally actually agree we need we need to uh help people on the border feel safe yeah okay good we need help people in new york city to feel safe where i live right okay i can agree with that now how do you do that is the question and maybe a border wall isn't the smartest idea you know and I said in the the last time I uh, that you saw me that what if the Democratic Party became the party of uh, of of uh, protecting protecting citizens, right? Rather than say border wall, no border wall, you can talk about border wall. I'm our platform has to do with you know helping our citizens and people that are in distress that are coming looking for help, which is what the United States was founded on. Yeah, you know we can do both. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that we all share, no matter what zip code you come from or, you know, what's in your wallet or who you love. We all want our families to be feel safe. That's that's something that ties us all together. Absolutely. And this brings up the other part that I I like to speak about, which is language and, you know, how to sculpt language. As a mentalist and as a magician, it, it, when you watch somebody perform, it might seem like they're just talking and they're like being really natural, but it's all scripted. Every word is scripted right. to give you the perception I need you to have. Now, and the words we use have to be uh, either highly unemotional, if I don't want you to pay attention to it, okay? Mm-hmm. And highly emotional if I want you to pay attention to it, you see? So if I say to you, okay, there's a black box over there. We'll get to that later. That's so what? There's a black box over there. But in that black box is all the trick, right? Mm-hmm. And then I turn to you and say, now, I want you to think of a friend you had that was your dear friend when you were maybe seven or eight years old. You see? Boom. That's now, you, that's easy to concentrate on. You've forgotten about that black box, right? Okay. All right. Well, as on, on a political spectrum, we need to choose our language much more I feel progressives and, and, and Democratic Party have to choose it much more powerfully. Uh, as I said, it's, it's crime, it's rapists and all this, or it's, well, it's economically not going to work to put up a border wall. That's too many words. It's too many words. You see, it's got to be equally impactful, emotional, have an emotional language. Yeah. Uh, and, like, and here's where I'll offend people. Okay, <laughs> it's either 
it's either you're pro-life or pro-choice. Well, language speaking as an entertainer, if I want to grab people's attention, I'm going to say, let's talk about life. Mm -hmm. That gets everyone's attention. So they, I think that we have to ask ourselves, what is the most powerful language we can use to get our positions out there? Because we're, we're losing in the linguistics of it across, I, I feel pretty much across the boards, quite yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, we've had- with, uh, the exception, with the exception of Black Lives Matter. That's super clear. Mm. That's super clear. You couldn't get clearer. And it's affirmative. It's not negative. It's not stop killing black people. It's Black Lives Matter, simple and clear. And that's why it took such a good hold, I feel. That's a really great point. And that's something that our, we've had our friend uh, Anat Shankarasario on a couple of times. Uh, she's a brilliant messaging expert. I don't know if you're familiar with her work, uh, ASO Communications. But um, she always talks about how important it is not to lead with negating something because whenever you negate it and i'm and, I'm, and you know this uh i'm sure from your your work you make that thing more powerful so um you know if you're not talking about what you're for or giving them something positive like you say black lives matter um if you're just negating the other argument you're just adding more fuel to that thing whatever it is so well, anyway, so you, you were mentioning some of the techniques that uh, that you use as a mentalist in your in your work and your shows. Um, I know as a magician, you can't reveal all of your secrets, um, but how do we counter the manipulation and tricks that you use and the GOP have been using on their voters? This is a this is a wonderful question. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're treading a line. I don't want to. I don't want you to go out of business. Really, you know. But <laughs> I did it's check my wallet though before we started with this, just in yeah. case something really crazy was going to happen. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to tell you the, the things that are being used to to just subvert what's reality. Then I, I tell you what. Um, so there's there's three areas as a magician that we're trying to control. One is your perception, your perception of what's occurring. And in order to get around that, we use illusions, you know, like the fake, the fake thing in the back of the box or whatever, mm -hmm. right? So in order to control perception, I have to create an illusion. Okay, so try to keep that, it's easier if it's visual. Yeah. The second thing is I have to control attention and that we control by misdirection, mm. all right? And, we'll, and I'll, play, I'll apply these to the political stage in a minute. Uh, then the third thing we need to control is your memory. And that's, that's flat out deception. That's flat out misstatements. Okay. Meaning, okay, here's a card. Here's a deck of cards. And I'll start with the last one first, the memory and deception. Okay. All right. Here's a deck of cards. It's fully shuffled. Pick out a card. You pick out a card. Don't show it to me. It's the three of hearts. And you're like, oh my gosh. Okay. Everything I just said was false. It's all deceived. Yes, it's a deck of cards, but all the cards are the three of hearts. <laughs> right. Okay. I said it's fully shuffled. It's all shuffled. I've shuffled it five times here. I'll shuffle it again. All right. But it's all the three of hearts. So what I'm doing for your memory by saying all that and saying, this is what's happened. This is the case. This is what it's a full deck of cards. It's been shuffled five times. Pick any card you want. I just change your, your memory of it. When you go say to your friend tomorrow, he had a deck. He shuffled it five times. I picked a card and he knew what it was. Okay, and that's, that's how you use deception uh, for people's memory. So what's really clear is, for example, now we all saw what happened on January 6th, mm. right? Okay, well, the language that's being used from the opposite side is that, uh, uh, you know, Pelosi is responsible for that, for not having enough, you Security, know, capital security. security yeah. All that. We need to look into that. Uh, the first attempt was at the Black Lives Matter, or Antifa started it. Right. And you'll notice they keep trying different narratives to change the memory, hmm. you know, and it's great messaging. If, if you're a villain, like who killed Babbitt, right? Right. Who killed, who killed that Patriot? There, there you have all the language. All right. And rather than, and rather than, than get into uh, putting out each one of those fires in order to negate that is you have to constantly repeat, the true, the true statements, and not the not the peripheral. Meaning, no, I don't know that deck is shuffled. Let me see all the cards, you know that kind of thing. 
you have to you have to reply with a clean, straight narrative back back to you, right? Back to the people. Okay, does, does that make sense? It makes so much sense. I mean, that's that's what uh, it's just this hailstorm of. Uh, misinformation and lies and uh and i think we do all get caught up in trying to to negate each one without just saying uh you know insurrectionists stormed the capital you know that's what happened it's all it's exactly and then and then what you just brought up has to do with the, the second point about attention how to control attention and misdirection um you know there's so many things that are thrown out by the gop that 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 in itself is misdirection. Right. They're, they're, con- they're controlling the attention of people by scattering the attention. Okay? They're controlling by scattering rather than keep it really focused. Uh, you know, there was the big bombshell dropped a few days ago about the emails and, you know, for, for the DOJ to, to say it was a corrupt election. And right. compared to other items in the news cycle, that's gotten very little play. You're right. If that was Watergate, that that's the tapes. It should be twenty four seven because that's where the attention should be. That's it. That's that's the smoking gun. That's the pre Saturday night massacre. There you have it. But the attention is being so scattered. All the all the topics are trying to be addressed, and it's too dangerous to address all the topics right now. So that's my opinion on how it scales up. Okay, if I was a magician. I'm saying there's a black box. We're going to use the deck of cards. There's 50 people in the audience. I'm scattering your attention in 14 different places at the beginning of a, an effect. Mm. I'm scattering your attention so you don't me realize I'm wheeling out an elephant. You know, <laughs> you see, okay. And then the last one is to control perception, which is has to do with illusions, uh, and and that's that's that has to do with messaging um, to control people's uh, perceptions. You know, the GOP is constantly saying the patriots at the at the insurrection you know uh they're, they're constantly using and flipping the words they even tried to flip the words the big lie you know mm. and i don't know why and i don't know why people will not call a lie a lie and a liar a liar yeah because people are saying oh he's he's propagating these false narratives these false truths no trump lied the senator lied, you know, McCarthy lied and like call a liar, a liar and call a lie, a lie. But they use all these other descriptive words. Yeah, you're right. That, I've said misinformation a bunch of times here. They're really, we're just talking about lies. It's lies. Why is everyone saying misinformation? There is no misinformation. It's either what happened or it's a lie. On, on, on I just thought it was catchier for the podcast. That's all. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I know it's sound, and it, what's funny is in that kind of language, it sounds dumbed down, but you know, it doesn't sound so highbrow as misinformation or deception or <laughs> right. uh, this is these corruptive influences. No, these criminal actions taken by boom, boom, boom. You know, even insurrection is a very large word. I feel mm-hmm. there's, yeah. there's, I'm sure there's a much quicker s- straight word for it. Well, that's that's all really fascinating and. Um, <laughs> just amazing context for how they are lying and how it's so effective. Um, and it seems daunting to think of, uh, you know, I mean, we talk about these particular GOP followers as cult members, and um, this is a huge cult. And um, and if, when we talk about people walking around hypnotized by uh, their cult leaders, that's, that's really daunting. So... Um, with our last question here, and then I'll let you go see, and see if we can get through here without your three-year-old busting in on us. Um, <laughs> what gives you the most hope that we can, in fact, counter these lies in the future? The, 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 the fact that people are uh, standing up and keeping straight, uh, that is surprisingly out of what you didn't expect. And I will go back to Bill Barr. Uh, saying no there was no you know there was not a uh, there was not a problem with this election I, i'm not quoting him deep, I'm, deep I'm cut surprised. pulling bill barr in your uh, what gives you hope segment but i like that <laughs> you know my job i know i, I my job 
as a magician is to think way out of the box and state things <laughs> right. that don't make sense. But I have to. I what's giving me hope? What what's giving me hope is that people like him stepping uh, not stepping up, but just saying things like that. And then you have uh, what's being revealed from the DOJ recently. You know, uh, they're they're it's a little late for them to come out with it. Yes, they should have been out in January, but uh, that I'm surprised. That's what's giving me hope that the Democrats are, are keeping the line. They're, they're towing the line. I think Pelosi is, is doing a phenomenal job on how she's handled this whole thing. I have a lot of trust and hope in her. And I think that it'll cause more of these other things to pop up. So it might seem strange, but I actually have my hope in more of the Republicans coming around like Kensinger, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can happen and they're, they're towing their line. I'm, he gives me hope. Yeah. Um, he does because he keeps stating the truth. He keeps stating it and we'll see. I like that. Well, Ken, um, where can people find out more about you and uh, and maybe even catch a show? I mean, now you just debunked yourself or you know what you how you do it. So you know, you have a bunch of our you know podcast listeners coming in as skeptics trying to tear it down, but you're you won't let them. Where can people oh, find right. out more about you? Maybe catch a show or something. <laughs> You're gonna be surprised. You just totally set it up perfectly for me. <laughs> I did. I'm serious. Wait, I'm looking. Person. No one can see. I'm looking in my wallet right now, and my <laughs> there is a hundred dollar bill in there that wasn't in there before. I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you can find me at Astonishment Inc. www.astonishmentinc.com, uh, and. And uh, you, you set it up perfectly because the beginning of all my mentalist shows, I say, please, if you're a skeptic, raise your hand. I love you. I love my skeptics. Raise your hands, please. Because those are my favorite people in the shows. I need my skeptics out there uh, because they keep it real. They keep it straight. And I let them uh, speak up in the show. And very often, they're the biggest fans when the show's over. Uh, so that's A. And B, you know, I, I told you the methods I, I, I use. Uh, but the show, you know, you can watch the the filming and making of Star Wars and all the blue screens and green screens, but it doesn't take away when you go watch the show. You love watching the movie. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell you how it works, but you're still it's still completely enjoyable. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, hopefully you'll I know you're in New York, but maybe you'll be in L.A. at some point. I'd love to come see your show and yeah. meet, meet you IRL. Um in the meantime, we will continue to keep it straight and keep it real here. And this has been such a, a really fun, but unique and interesting conversation and take on on why we are so divided right now. So, Ken, thanks so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me. I really appreciate uh, being able to speak about these ideas with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. This is how we win. We win when we all get involved and stay engaged. And we want to hear from you. Tweet to us at Steve and at Mariah underscore Craven or send us an email at podcast at swingleft.org. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple or wherever you get your pods. And let everyone know you are listening. Of course, share our show with your three friends. Check out our page at swingleft.org slash podcast. And while you're there, sign up to volunteer. Let's make sure we win Virginia. We really appreciate you being here with us. And we'll be back next Wednesday with more actions for you to take and more reasons for you to be hopeful.